Okay, it's 8.02, traditionally late, um, and you are listening to, or watching live, hopefully, uh, Run Chat Live episode 51. We had the 50th birthday last week uh, with Dr. Guillaume Millet, um, which has had some really, really um, good feedback. I'm pleased to hear, <clears throat> excuse me, from the running, the ultra running community in particular. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, and uh, yeah, no, thank you for everybody who sent some emails. There was more than normal, actually. Um, I'm pleased because the runners actually really got onto it. Ultra runners tend to be a bit geeky anyway because they just do incredibly ridiculous ultra endurance things. So they kind of keep their ear a little bit close to the ground uh, when it comes to advice and evidence um, from the greats. So my thanks once again to Guillaume Millet. Um, if you want to catch up with that, obviously it's on YouTube, like all episodes of Run Chat Live are, or if you prefer just to listen to it, although there are some diagrams on that particular episode, so there is a lot of value of watching the YouTube video. But if you prefer to get your Run Chat Live audio, Lee, um, then um, yeah, it's podcast and all the normal apps. You can listen to us there as well. Um, right, so tonight, episode 51 is going to be all about massage. It's going to be really significant for runners as well, um, again, but also to therapists, particularly therapists who have learned maybe a, of a traditional course. A lot of courses are still taught with a lot of things which are a little bit dubious to say the least. It's very slow to change around. The industry is a little bit um, kind of stuck in time in certain places. So I'm hoping that there will be some eye-opening um bombshells to say the least tonight um, for both therapists and runners and uh, before I do I need to um, say thank you to my sponsors um, does anybody know what LMI is I've only discovered this morning what LMI is um, and I know that it smells absolutely incredible because yes I've got a new one from the Brighton Beard Company um, who sponsored this podcast um, that is LMI apparently it's a Filipino tree called Canarium Luzonicumus, if you want to kind of hear the uh, proper word for it. Um, and it's, um, yeah, the oleo resin harvested from the tree is a limai, and it smells absolutely amazing, mixed with sandalwood and um, and a bit of lavender as well. Let me just plug myself in here, because otherwise my computer's going to go off. Um, it smells absolutely incredible. It's been a while since I've done this online. Um, I always thought I was going to be, um, what was I normally? A sandalwood and, and mandarin type of guy. But this, yeah. There we go. It's my new favorite. And I'm not just saying that. I went for 5K run today. And uh, if you've got a beard, you'll appreciate it. If you don't, then you won't because you don't know what it's like. But even when you're running, you're running and it feels great anyway. But imagine you're feeling great. And also you've got this waft of elamite of all things. Um, going up your nostrils it's beautiful i totally recommend it people with beards will know what i'm talking about and if you're looking for a new scent or if you're looking to buy your fellow a new scent um then or anybody you're with who happens to have a beard then this is the one i'll still get my plug for my laptop oh, i'm gonna run out of battery very quickly so tonight is going to be all about very much putting the evidence back in um, and i'm very pleased um to bring you somebody who, uh, well, basically, she's going to be a speaker at Run Chat Live this year uh, online because last year at Run Chat Live conference uh, 2019, rightfully so, one of the criticisms I got, and there's nothing wrong with criticism, we'll be talking about that later on, is, Matt, you've got 10 world-class therapists up there, fantastic. You've got physios, you've got um, osteos, you've got podiatrists, you've got strength and conditioning coaches. Well done, well done why the hell haven't you got a massage therapist? And I was kind of a little bit caught a little bit off guard. I was like, 
yeah, we're all up here going, oh, fascia this and massage that and blah, 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 blah. But I didn't actually invite a massage therapist to stand on the stage and actually present information on behalf of massage therapists. So, and there were some quite heated debates at one point between the Physio Matters podcast team and a few podiatrists who were very into their fascial cross-friction rubbing. And um, it all got a bit stormy. So I made a point of saying, right, you want a massage therapist in 2020? Let me just plug this in. Um, you're going to have a massage therapist for 2020. And I already knew in the back of my mind exactly who that was going to be because I followed Alice Sanvito um, for, for probably about four or five years now um, via Paul Ingram, via um, um, a few people have mentioned it basically online because in the forums, and the reason we've had a laugh because of internationally acclaimed, um, Alice in true modest sense, almost speaks very modest, says internationally acclaimed. Um, but if you're celebrated in different countries around the world, whether it's online or in person, and you are internationally acclaimed, and Alice certainly is, not only because of her kind of hashtag shit that massage therapists say, obviously a hashtag like that is going to be celebrated um it's a universal world isn't it so that's one of the things which made me snigger and think i've got to follow this woman more she's got some great stuff um so i'm really happy to say that alice is going to be with us in 2020 um online such a shame i was really looking forward to meeting alice in person um but it can't happen this year because of a certain virus which we just won't keep talking about uh but she will be with us online um for lunch at live conference 2020 along with the other nine speakers so i have got a massage therapist uh, it might be not be everything that massage therapists wanted to hear, but I never said that. I just said, I'll get your massage therapist. So I'm really pleased about that. So yes, uh, Brighton Beer Company, there we go. If you do go to Brighton Beer Company, then make sure you use the discount RCL15. Let's make sure you can see that. And you'll get 15% off um, things like sandalwood, elamai, and lavender. It's such a good smell. There you go. Right, so I think, I uh, just want to say hello to the running community. Um, Alan Strock, I can see the name screaming out there from the page. Hi, Alan, how are you doing? Um, being a sports massage virgin. Well, there we go. We're now, I know you can say virgin, kind of nothing wrong with that. I thought YouTube would now flag me out for inappropriate language, but there's nothing wrong with virgin at all. And um, thank you, Alan, for that. Um, being a sports massage virgin. So you've got as far as you have in your running endeavors and never had a sports massage. Or are you saying sports massage in contrast to some other type of massage? This will be interesting to hear. <clears throat> if any of you have got comments, particularly in the runners community, because Run Check Live is all about reaching runners, then please hit them up and I can put them on the screen like that. You get your photo and everything, so make sure you're looking nice in your photo. Um, who else have we got in the house already? Matt Scarsbrook is in here. Um, I'm going to mention Matt later on because he's got a fantastic new podcast coming out, um, which um, I won't go into now, but we will mention Matt at the end. I was planning to do that. Sarah Jones, how are you doing? Nice to see you here. Danielle Chandler as well is in the house. Thank you for joining us, Danielle. Tristan Attenborough, yo, yo, hey, good. Um, and also Timothy Grigg, we got, what did you say there, Timothy? Different Facebook Live to STA, same beautiful beard. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Do you know why it's beautiful? Because of the Brighton Beard Company, particularly the sandalwood, elemy and lavender balm. That's why, mate, that's why it's not natural. It's very um, cared for and 
and groomed with uh, fantastic essences and products from the Brighton Beer Company of the UK. Thanks, Timothy. How are you doing? Thank you. Nice to see you here. Um, Chris Kitson's in the house as well, uh, which is the absolute opposite to beers because I've never seen a more smooth, youthful looking person. And, and also talking of smooth and youthful, we've got Vanessa Belton as well is here. Morning from New Zealand. I'm a massage regular. As in you give massages kind of okay or you have massages yourself. Everybody in the house, let the questions fly. I'm really, really pleased to bring you um, Alice Sanvito, who will be ready to answer all your questions. There we go. Okay. How are you doing? We're live. Um, Yay. <laughs> hey, so I have my um let me see here. I'm trying to get used. I have my yeah. pooper scooper for cleaning up shit. <laughs> and <a little> glass. <laughs> so we should have fun. Clean up shit and <laughs> so yeah. Cheers. Yes, I've got my Argentinian Malbec. Cheers. Um I don't think in 51 episodes I've ever had a guest who has been holding a pooper scooper. That's probably the first time. So that's the first of many different things tonight. I, well, it, some of them are producing shit. <laughs> Probably the people you have, you know. But <laughs> fantastic! You actually not took that. Guess. You not, took that scoop guess. along, didn't you? Didn't you take that scoop along to some presentation, or have you to a few presentations? Um, I the first time I gave a presentation on ship massage therapists say th this was how I dressed. Um, mm. And yes, the tiara and the pooper scooper and the hippie blouse and, you know, my hair was nice and purple and yeah, because I wanted to have fun with it, you know, and I knew I was going to upset some people. And so um, I thought, you know, might as well be lighthearted about it. And I, I actually gave them permission to throw things at me, <laughs> just nothing heavy or, or pointed or sharp, but if they wanted to wad up paper and, and throw it at me, they, had permission to do that. Uh, nobody did. I was afraid that if I said shit, that some people would be offended, but I didn't want to inhibit myself. So I said that um, for every time I said shit, I would donate a quarter to the Massage Therapy Foundation and I had somebody keep score. And it wasn't as bad as I thought. It was only $9.75. So I made it $20 and Jason Erickson kicked in $20 and, and oh, wow. we made a thing out of that. <laughs> presenting the check and mailed off. So I, that's the thing is I, um, people get very upset I, in reading. The nice thing about online discussions is we don't have to be separated by space and time, which I love, but there's this phenomena where people will read um, the worst intentions. They, there's a lot of, discussions, we waste so much time talking about tone. And I'm like, this is just information. There's no emotional language in there. And, you know, in real life, I'm lighthearted and playful and let's have fun with this side, you know? And I've been upset too. I mean, I've been through some real crises in my life. So, so I had a lot of compassion, um, but I, why should information piss us off? I mean, I, I don't know. It's a good Something way to start the show. It's good yeah. because the, the reaction, particularly massage therapists, is either 
anger when they hear something like you know you're not actually breaking down scar tissue however you phrase it the, the often the initial reaction yeah. is what are you doing well if i'm not doing that that's my career down the drain you know so it's kind yeah. of like it's good to pre-warn them and have something humorous or something like you know i'm a normal human being you know i might be saying things which are going to annoy you but we can talk about it you know no one's got to get angry we're just going to yeah. evolve together so it's good that's good 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 yeah um and who can argue with somebody wearing purple and a tiara anyway it's ridiculous <laughs> talking of purple and tiaras i'm sure i've seen adam meekins <laughs> who is in the house um in a tiara before no he turned up at san diego oh. pain he turned up in like a yeah. white robe didn't he and and like oh, yeah, flip-flop that was ben karmic's class and he showed up yeah. in the back in his bathrobe and <laughs> i remember the photos yeah, so two piece from a pod, you two, in terms of, yeah, just uh, get the audience in the side. Hey, Adam, thanks for joining us. He said, hey, Alice, give us a finger. Well, there you go. Um... <laughs> it's not for you. We're, oh. we're giving bullshit. 51 episodes with no swearing, no profanities, no sign language. It's all going out the window now. We're done with that. No. I'm no longer a family friendly show. With Adam Meekins and and giving the finger to the or here I could just do it really you know uh, demurely. <laughs> like, uh, that was my idea. So just That's for fine. the record, okay. let's uh, let's move on to um, okay. Now let's. So. You used to work in construction. I I can imagine you working in all yeah, sorts of careers. Yeah, so, and it shows. <laughs> yeah. How did uh, massage start there? Because you've been doing it for quite a few years. How did you get into it? Uh, 28 until this, you know, virus hit. You must have started very yeah, young. Yeah, so I was in this for 13 years and um, had enough of it for this lifetime and wanted to make a change and didn't know what I wanted to do next. And I liked, I had been into kind of getting and giving massages just with friends and family. And in fact, some friends of mine and I had a, a once a month pie and massage club where um, four or five of us would get together and we would take turns and each person would get 15 minutes and, and you'd have like four people, you know, one person on each leg and, and one on your back and one on your head. And, and, um, and, and then each time someone was responsible for making pie. And so everybody would get a turn and then we would have pie. So I had an interest uh, on an amateur level and just got this idea that maybe I could be good at it and support myself. And that's oh. what I did. And when did the, because one of the things I love about you and, and all my guests is the ability to actually criticize yourself and your own profession. It's it's amazing when you're helping other people, if you can criticize what you've done and shown how you've evolved. Yeah. When did that all start for you? How long were you practicing and doing things which now you might question for before you suddenly read something or how did it work out? Um, well, when I went to school, I, I knew that a lot of what I was being taught was you know I, some of it was really off the wall but my teacher um i'll give her credit for that she gave us a good foundation in anatomy and physiology and in those days a lot of massage therapists were downright opposed to learning it because they thought it would ruin their uh intuition but i started in 91 and then in 92 for three, pretty early, I started studying NMT, neuromuscular therapy. And in 94, I started assisting with that. And I, the first 
an experience I remember is um, one of the instructors telling us that that massage didn't do anything for lactic acid and that lactic acid wasn't even what made you sore. And you know, my first reaction was, whoa. And then I went, oh, well, who cares? I'm not running a lactic acid removal business, you know? So people feel good, fine. Um, do you remember out of interest, but, sorry to interrupt, but do you remember what year that would have been or is that a tricky question? Because the lactic acid thing's been going around. about 95, I'm guessing about 95. That early, so that was quite yeah. early, respect to yeah. whoever told you that. Yeah. Oh. Um, this guy, his name's Don Kelly, and I've lost touch with him. Um, he was a, an amazing instructor, Was would challenge you. You know, you would say something and just would say, well, where did you get that information, you know? And well, what about this? And, and he didn't mind being challenged. So I had this great freedom to ask questions. And I came from kind of a science problem. My dad was an engineer and from my early to mid twenties, a lot of my friends were research scientists because I live really close to a major research hospital. And um, so I was used to having those kind of discussions, you know, it just was normal to me. The first crack was, um, I was very steeped in the trigger points stuff, assisted at that for 10 years. And when they came out with the second edition of volume one. They had to revise their hypotheses because it didn't hold up. And the revised hypotheses, I looked at it and I saw some obvious flaws. And I'm not a science major, you know, but it was so obvious to me. And I told the instructor and he said, you're right. And that's the best we've got for now. I'm like, okay. But it was about eight years old, uh, eight years ago maybe 10 years ago now, I encountered Paul Ingram and Raven Sarr Trevelyan and Chris Moyer, uh, um, Bodie Harrelson online. They, I, in my mind, they were the Fab Four. And they started saying some stuff and it set the bar a lot higher for me. You know, cause up until then I thought I was science-minded, but my world was so small that within it, I was, but not as much as I thought. And they just very nicely would correct me or confront me. And I, I was taken aback, you know, and at a point I was like, you guys, I can't say anything. In front of you. <laughs> um, and then it was when Diane Jacobs uh, came out with this uh, doubt about trigger points and I kind of bottomed out. One of the things I've noticed is you can learn something and then forget it or notice something and then forget it because nobody around you is reinforcing it. And I, it was like the bottom fell out. Um, I, there were a few days cause little bit by little bit, they were all chipping away at some ideas I had that there were about three days I went to work. I felt like a total and complete fraud. I thought, it's quite possible that absolutely everything I think I know is wrong. And I have no idea what I'm doing and I have to act like I do. And so I would go to work and I would just do what I usually did. And after about three days, I realized, well, people get up and they're happy and they feel good. So obviously something I'm doing is okay. And, and I, I came to realize that what I was doing with my hands was okay. It was how I was thinking about it. 
that needed to change. And that's an important, a real foundational thing to understand that a lot of massage therapists don't. If they find out they're not really stretching fascia or breaking up scar tissue, they're like, well, then are you saying that everything I've ever done is wrong? It's like, no, what you're doing may be okay. It's just how we think about it. But that was, yeah, I just, I almost quit. I mean, I really almost quit. And Paul Ingram, who was one of the catalysts for this crisis, said, don't quit now. And I, I'm glad I did. And I hung in there. And I finally decided to try to give up all my assumptions and start from scratch and just go, what, what do I know for sure, really? And it came down to, well, I'm really good at making people feel good and some people with pain, I seem to be able to help them have less pain. And I thought, you know, if that's all I can say for the rest of my career, that's not a bad place to be. Brilliant. So I make very few claims, I very, very few. And you know, it has not hurt my practice. And I feel liberated because I'm not attached to a particular explanation. Like if I woke up tomorrow and found out everything I thought about what I was doing was wrong, I could still do it, you know? It's like I've gotten comfortable with that. So if I could give anything to the science therapist, it, it would be that. Because um, once you have that, then you just build from there. And it's just this constant exploration, you know? And um, we have this saying, in, in science, you can never be completely right, but you can hope over time to get less wrong. Perfect. And I think that's also a good attitude to have because it acknowledges that not knowing, not being too sure of yourself. So anyway, not a simple question, but it, it's a journey, you know? Oh, without a doubt. And what you said is, I mean, obviously you are just feeding my confirmation biases. I am lapping up everything you're saying because I know about it and I've read about it and it's lovely. I feel absolutely incredible. Um, but there's really important points there because I'm aware and I hope that kind of one thing One Chat Live is conscious of all the time with all the speakers is that, like you said, people can get therapists and get really down if you've got these people yeah. slowly chipping away at you. And even like Paul Ingram's style of talking is really quite pleasant. He's a little bit sarcastic. But there's always humor in there. It's not like capital letters. You are wrong. You're useless. You're a joke. Not at all. Because he's the first one to dismiss himself and what he yeah. did wrong. So, no. But eventually it gets yeah. you then three days. But what you said was beautiful because it's us who are really obsessed with what's going on underneath and it's important i think it was paul ingram who i read if you know how something works you can make it work better i'm pretty sure it comes from one of his um uh, one of his his many online blogs and things but if the if the patient is walking away feeling much better and you can pretty much be sure that it's not just natural history because you're slapping them with a wet fish for six weeks and they're going to get better anyway. If you're doing something which you can kind of tie in, then great. You know, it's it's mm -hmm. it's, the, it's it's the therapist who needs to sort out what's going on here and not suddenly feel oh, I just need to quit. So I'm hoping I don't think there's anyone in the room who is a brand new therapist. The people I've seen so far are probably on the same page as us. But there's also some great educators in here as well, like Mike Grice, Matt Scarsbrook, obviously Adam Meekins. Adam Meekins uses slightly different ways of getting the point across to people sometimes. <laughs> but well, even Adam Meekins um, now and again has got a softer side and he does kind of look, say, look. Adam Meekins is with us? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. 
Sorry. Yeah, yeah I'm still in here. Um, the thing that you said, um, it, it, it struck another thought. There's there's kind of these two different ends of the this, uh, A spectrum, which is people get very attached to their explanation, but then conversely, they go, well, then why does it matter? You know, what, what our explanation is. And when you said about Paul saying, if you understand how something works, you can help make it work better. That's important. First of all, I think we have an ethical um, obligation. And I, I, you know, I had this notoriety. I, I started collecting shit that massage therapists say because people didn't believe me. I mean, some of the stuff is just so egregious. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Um, but then some people will say, well, I don't, I don't care how it works. And we're professionals, we're not amateurs. And we should understand. I mean, can you imagine if you went to your doctor and he said, well, I don't understand how this surgery works, but I'm just gonna do it anyway. You know, it's like, would you trust them? But here's the thing, it, um, we don't wanna do any harm. And if we don't understand what we're doing and why we're doing it, there's that potential. But this is something that um, the first time I did this caught people's attention. I told them a client cannot give informed consent if we don't give them accurate information. And that caught people's attention because I really believe that most massage therapists are well-intentioned. And later, some people came up to me and said, you know, you really made me think maybe I should be a little more careful about what I say. And I thought, you know, that's the best possible outcome because I can't, I can't dispel every bit of misinformation out there because it's like whack-a-mole. You knock down one and three more pop up. But if people can learn to think and cultivate their critical thinking skills and learn how to find good, reliable sources of information and be open to having discussions and not be afraid to wrestle with those questions. That's, that's the thing, because there is no final answer. It's this ongoing thing. Like um, Jason Silvernail, you know, said, you know, at a, a point, he, he did this great presentation at the first San Diego Pain Summit called Crossing the Chasm, and I really recommend it. They said, you know, in the beginning, I thought it was like this, like crossing this bridge over this big gorge he said, and then I realized it was more like this. And he had this image of this big, long, craggy canyon. And he said, what you really need is not a bridge, but a GPS, a way to guide you. Um, That's a nice way of looking at it. And some good. of this stuff, yeah, it, it, you know, I'm somebody who thinks about stuff and a lot. And I'm amazed sometimes that what I realized here's this, this idea that I've had for 20 years that seemed reasonable. And then I look at some I learned about physiology over here and something I also learned was sold over here. And I never noticed they don't match up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like, um, so I have a lot of compassion for people who are struggling with it. And I really invite anybody who's struggling and feeling discouraged. Um, I'm not as active Ever since virus, I have been very shut down about massage. I'm, I'm kind of getting more 
interested, but feel free to message me. I might not notice it for a while, but you know, somebody who needs some reassurance, I, it's, I've, I've been through it and there's lots of people who have, um, you know, okay. just have some humility. It's the people who come at you that say, well, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I know this. And well, I know that I'm doing this because my clients tell me and it's like, those are the people I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mind what is what down. is the best way for people to contact you? I normally do this at the end, but now you mentioned it. If somebody does want to talk to you and, and learn more, then what's the best way to contact you? I really you? think on Facebook, uh, the Facebook. messages on Facebook. And I try to remember to check the ones, the message requests, because if we're not already connected, I might not see it. So be patient. Or okay, if you know yeah. somebody who you know knows me, tell them to send me a message, say, hey, pay attention. But mm. that's probably the easiest. Um, right we've got a few people in the book adam meekins has just kind of said he's just misunderstood that's all adam's teaching method <laughs> so that's a fair that's a fair um yeah comment from you adam totally misunderstood uh matt scar's book has said hi alice um i'm gutted we're not able to meet face to face at rcl we'll have to take a rain check on the beer i know it's such a shame it's such a shame so is adam with us adam's in the room is he is yeah. he you can't see him, he's just watching. Oh, and... <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Cut. Pull the plug. Watch this. He Look, knows I mean it affectionately, you know. <laughs> it's a term of endearment. <laughs> I've always loved on YouTube where it says this is video made for kids. I've just gone, yeah, it's made for kids. There's nothing in here which could potentially be not anymore. <laughs> anyway, so Adam is here and then he's probably rolling around in his chair, laughing his little bearded face <laughs> off now at the moment. Oh, to um, all of you. Matt Scar's book really want I know you've chatted with Matt um and he really wants to meet you as well in down in Brighton but obviously can't happen this year hopefully in the years to come um Jamie Gargett the first of our questions is coming here okay Hi. so playing devil's advocate good one Jamie it's always good to play devil's advocate what can we say Karen is Kowal is a local. she's a wonderful woman she's oh fantastic what is uh, Jamie asks what can we say is the benefit of sports massage silence i had an answer to this what do we know about massage what do we know what does work this presentation about the science of sports massage i'm like oh i'm screwed you know <laughs> um what No, I actually believe in it. And I've worked with a lot of athletes, uh, runners and bicyclists and swimmers in particular. I, I, somewhere there's an answer, but I got to find it. Um, we, before the program, we were talking a little bit about DOMS. And this is one of the places where I, one of the questions that plagues me is on those, for me, rare occasions when there seems to be a conflict between what the science is telling us and some experience, I, I don't know how to reconcile them and I, I don't make claims, but but Dom's is a good example um, that I know there's been some research that said massage didn't really do anything for it. And yet I have marathon runners and bike uh, racers and all that kind of stuff who the next day after a really intense race or marathon whatever will come in and they feel better so what exactly is going on i don't know and i um but 
Um, and here's a problem. We don't have much evidence. So this is where I have to start relying on anecdote. Um, when I've worked with people pre-event, like one of the bike racers that I was, I was working with is a little bit older guy and it was a practice races and they always would come after. And one day I convinced this guy to come before and just did a little bit of stuff on him. And he went and raced in this one race and then was in the second one, but not racing for real. And later I asked him how that experience was. And he said about halfway through the second race, I started getting kind of fatigued and a little, you know, things got challenging. And I said, well, when does it usually hit you? And he said, at the beginning of the second race. I'm like, okay, so, so you got a little further into it before you started getting fatigued. So, um, and then I've worked a lot with people in between times with, with injuries. Um, it, we don't have a lot of evidence. That is the problem. Mostly what we've got is anecdote, but um, worked with a marathon runner for two and a half years, really regularly. And he, his goal was to qualify for the Olympic trials and he kept records. And until he started working with me, he regularly, you know, every few months was pulling a hamstring and having to take a week or two off. And in the two and a half years I worked with him, he had two minor hamstring pulls that he got over with really quickly. And he was running more. Um, he shaved um, several minutes off his 10K time and, you know, after about six months. So, um, yeah, and it, it I don't know if we can make any claims. It, what the athletes I work is does seem to help them get over feeling achy. Um, it helps them in recovering injuries. I don't like to, I, I don't make any claims. I just don't make any claims. It's a good answer. Um, Best answer. And I think what know, we do know, the only, you mentioned Christopher Moy, didn't you? And I think I read him in the past has said the only evidence we really do have for massage in terms of what it kind of the evidence is pretty strong is to help with with emotional things like anxiety and depression the data is pretty good on that so he's kind of suggested that That's what we need to do is kind of just get past all this stuff which is very unlikely to be true like we're breaking down and all this yeah. cross friction and stuff and and just work yeah. with the emotional side of it because it's not it's all in your if we know that it works and can change people's emotions on a heavy level, not just uh, making people relax, because you don't want to pay $40 yeah. an hour to make to be relaxed. There's far cheaper ways of doing that. But if you can really yeah. change someone's psyche, then then that's the avenue he thinks we should just be exploring now. Because that would explain, we know that your the nervous system is very much a regulator yeah. in pain outputs and, and recovery and performance and fatigue. So that's what we're doing, isn't it? We just don't quite know how yet enough to perfect it. Is that fair enough to say? And the marathon runner, um, he told me one time that his mental state, he was very aware early on that his mental state had a profound effect. He said, you know, like if I just had a fight with my girlfriend, I I'm just not going to run well. And so helping people, you know, we don't know a whole lot about what's going on physiologically. Um, but Moyer, he, what he said is he thinks that all these other little details that we try to look at 
probably all stem from the same mechanism. We just don't know what that mechanism is. Mm. Um, so I never make any guarantees. I never make any promises to people. I, um, it's always an experiment. What I think it's more about the individual. What, how is this going to help this individual? And, um, at the, at the risk of, of misrepresenting Adam Meekins, uh, he, I took a shoulder class with him at the San Diego Pain Summit, and he validated something that was sort of a, a guilty secret of mine, is that often I was doing the same thing with people. And he was going through these different conditions, and then the treatment was always the same thing. At a point he said, do you realize that, you know, are you noticing it's always the same treatment? And he said, it wasn't the condition so much as the person. And that's something that um, I've come to realize is you look at this person in front of you and what is going on with them in general and at this moment. And that's how the treatment gets tailored. So that like with a bike racer, one guy shows up and he's had too much coffee and he's like this and he needs to be calmed down a little bit, not too much, you know, cause he's got to go out and put out a lot of effort, but he needs to be calmed down just a little bit. And the next guy, he is really fatigued. He's, this is a fourth day of racing and he's tired. And so he kind of needs to be perked up and, um, and pumped up. Um, so I think it's more about that. There's a um, lot of interpersonal interaction there, even if we're focusing on a, what we think of as a purely physical thing. Very good. Yeah, without a doubt. There's some lovely comments here happening in the side here. I like this little trio of comments. You ready? Um, so Becky is a fantastic therapist here in the UK. She says, I'm just sat here nodding, agreeing with everything. And then Jessica chimes in and says, me too. And then Sarah Jones chimes in and says, me three. So we've got quite a lot of uh, confirmation bias going on in the house. But I know these oh, people. No. <laughs> but that's fine. Oh. That's good because. <laughs> oh, we threw up some shit. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes it's really useful for for any therapist and i know myself because there are periods of doubt and imposter syndrome and however big you are and however high you sit it's really useful to hear somebody on the same page as you and reinforcing it because it is sometimes you wake up thinking what the hell am i doing i'm always doing the same yeah. treatments but um but yeah um and you've made adam meekins day as well thank you for making my um show now rated 18 um yeah he's very pleased he made his day yeah what i want to do briefly though especially for people in the running community i just want you to let's do a little game where you're only allowed to talk for 20 to 30 seconds okay i'm going to throw something okay. your way it's going to be a way of just addressing a few misconceptions because for me for with regards to runners, what I worry about is when massage therapists are using these outdated mechanisms of action, one, the runner's paying for something which, like you say, it's probably is paying for something which isn't actually helping them in the way they think. And two, they could be wasting a lot of time doing something more relative to recovering, like sleeping better or eating better or, <clears throat> you know. Yeah. yeah. So whilst they think that the massage therapist is doing something like, I'm going to give you a string of examples, and they could be wasting time. So let's start with some things there are more things that massage therapists claim and the way they get the person to come back next week um because they say well this is happening you've got to come back next week because for example you've mentioned yeah. the lactic acid i'm going to help the lactic acid get out of your system you've done that 
what about things like um getting rid of toxins it's kind of similar to lactic acid but a lot of runners will go and believe the therapist will say oh no we need to flush out these toxins you've had a hard race talk to me about toxins I don't for 30 seconds clients. i don't contradict clients um I, my colleagues fair game i i um wow it really depends i if there's sabotaging thinking going on i'll try to very gently and diplomatically untangle that over time um but mostly i'll just listen and listen for what they really want you know is it, it, it's like what's what is behind that so but does but, massage uh, get rid of toxins what's that you, uh, does massage get rid of toxins <laughs> what toxins anyway this is the question like, what are they talking about your body is a toxic waste though this is the thing, and, and, and I'm not afraid. Yeah. Not I I am less so, um, I'm less what's the word diplomatic than you may be in this sense. I like runners asking their massage therapists just one question. You say you're getting rid of these toxins. What toxin? Could you name a toxin which you're helping get rid of? And then watch the massage therapist just go uh -huh. uh, just toxins in your yeah. body build up because there's not really we haven't really got anything that certainly that massage isn't good blood circulation what about that yeah, is that a definite no-no yeah, i try to listen and and figure out what they're thinking is and then try to find inroads because i don't want to lose them hmm. you know i don't want to upset them i don't want to lose them and it's more important that i understand hmm. and i just don't want them to have a lot of self-sabotaging ideas so um, like I had a client came in and the second time he came to see me, I said, how'd you feel after that last massage? And he said, oh, well, I felt sick for a day or two, you know, about getting rid of these toxins. And I said, oh, well, my massage does not make people sick. He never got sick after that. But with everybody else, he'd been told massage got rid of toxins. You're going to feel sick the next day. I think, why would anybody go get a massage if it makes them feel yucky? Drink um, lots of water. And I just said, oh, toxins well, left. Sick. and he never got sick. <laughs> Yeah. Yay. it's still taught i actually have to teach level three students to when it says what home care would you give your client you have to say get them to drink lots of water to help flush out toxins because the a lot of examining boards still expect to see that ticked that's the answer wow. and then i tell them look like you've got to tick this to get your certificate but i'm telling you now when it's in the real world no they shouldn't feel sick the next yeah. day really you shouldn't this if anything yeah would you say it's getting better? But you know what? Excessive urination, I don't think there's any, uh, outside of, you know, some specific conditions, I don't think there's any therapeutic benefit to it. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. like, you just pee a lot. <laughs> you know, like, woohoo. Yeah, yeah. We talked about DOMS. Um, the circulation thing is interesting. That's another box they have to tick. The massage helps improve circulation. Um, in 30 seconds, could you comment on that? Does massage help improve circulation? I can do it in like two seconds. Who cares? Like in 28 <laughs> years, I can get a single massage or a single client who's ever come in and, and give their reason for massage. I want to improve circulation. Now, I, you know, somebody told me one time they had a client. I, I'm sure somebody does every now and then. Like, who cares? But besides that, they're laying still. And if you want to improve circulation, you got to get the pump, the heart pumping and we're getting it to slow down. So think about it. And I think something that misleads people is their skin turns pink 
And, and there's even a sensation because we've got all these sensory nerves in our skin. But what's happening is that, think about this, sympathetic nervous system, parasympathetic, um, oh God, when I'm on the spot, I get mixed up, parasympathetic rest and digest, right? And what happens is the blood is diverted from the muscles to the skin, which is why people get a nice pink glow. Um, whereas, you know, if they're running, it's all being diverted to their muscles. So you're just moving blood from one place to another. Like you can't make more blood. It's a closed loop. So tell them to go walk around the block. Yeah. You know? Get on my couch. Get off my couch. Get on my couch. Get off my couch. That yeah, would be to help right. their circulation. circulation. Get out of here. Let's but go I think it's important walk. because, because, Runners in particular, they, there are a lot of therapists who, and I'm not having a go at the therapists, well, I'm a kind of in a way because they need to be keeping up to date with CPD, but they've got a lot of bad CPD in England, like continued professional development. But if you're a runner, if I'm caring just for the runner and you're going to a therapist who is claiming that the massage is flushing out lactic acid, um, that they are helping your circulation, that you need to be drinking lots of water afterwards because you've got toxins in your body. As a runner... And I'm forgetting about the therapist because I'm looking after Rhino. You really need to actually start thinking if they not keeping up to date with the latest evidence, how am I going to get the best care when it comes to strength and conditioning, advice, running, everything else kind of goes yeah. out the window. So for the That's therapist, the keep up to date. But for the runner, you've got to get out. You, there's, there's a few checklists I like. I think who was it the other day? It might have been. Um, well, that's a terrible way to be walking around. And I get clients like that. It's like, oh, my God, toxins built up and and they're dependent on us to do it and i um i realize it's kind of heretical that you know my goal isn't to get them to come back every week i you know for some people what they may want to get out of it might require some regular stuff for a period of time but um I, i'm my goal is for them to be able to reach their goals and not be dependent on me. Now they might choose just because it makes them feel good and it's, it will help them reach their goals to work on a regular basis. But my idea of success is not that I get them to come back. My idea of success is they get what they want out of it. If it happens in one session or a couple sessions, woohoo. Yeah. Um, true. But again, some therapists, I don't know about in the States, but in the, um, in the UK, they their business model is based on the traditional idea of every client that comes to the door has got to come back six times. That's how you maintain your business. That's how you run it. And it's a very traditional way of guaranteeing the money. But it's, it's slowly breaking down because runners are starting we, to learn. Yeah. We, we have to pay the rent. Uh, when you're in a fee-for-service business model, I, there is this conflict between our needs and the client's needs. And... Um, I don't get off into business stuff much because I, to be honest, I'm a terrible business person. Um, I, you know, yeah, it's, it, fortunately I'm good at living frugally. Oh. <laughs> and I do believe, I, I think, you know what? Okay. So uh, there are people out there who I think are really good models like Jason Erickson, who I think has, has built a successful business model and maintaining integrity, you know? And so somebody was asking me about business. I would say, go talk to him. Mm -hmm. um, it's just not my area of interest. And so, 
I'm good at living frugally. But here's the thing. If you help people, they'll tell their friends. You know, exactly. people will show up. We know the long-term strategy doesn't work for getting people to come in. It's like when you say a car salesperson, you know, once you feel stung and they've kicked your wheel and said, oh, that's going to take a lot to repair it or something, then they're going to meet someone else, someone along the line and realize that you were playing them, you know, and, and it's not a long-term strategy. Far better, like you've said, is be honest. If the person doesn't need to see you, unless they want to, then that's great. And I used to make that mistake as a younger yeah. therapist. I would they say, can't. you don't need to come back. You don't need to come back. Please don't come back. And that person wanted to come back because they actually enjoyed the hour and they needed that yeah. the handheld for another three sessions. So I'm also a very bad business person in that respect. It was only when somebody said, no, 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 no. At the end of the appointment say, now, what do you feel? What do you want? Yeah. Don't decide for them. Don't come back. You know, and so. that's the thing. I will give them my opinion and, and really leave it up to them and not pressure them. Um, there was a point, and I'm not going to say this was happening with these individuals, but there are a couple of, of people I saw. Um, they were men who were very, um, I kind of got this sense that they had, they had to have pain as an excuse to have massage. And I wondered it at a point, because they never got better, but they kept coming back and it was kind of weird. Um, so tons, so I thought, you know, back in there, they may not even be conscious of it, but you know, their body might be doing this thing. Well, I like doing this thing, but I can only do it when I'm in pain. So therefore I need to have pain. So when I've had people with chronic pain histories who come in and say, whoa, I really like this, I'll let them know. I say, you know, if you want, you can do this just because you enjoy it. Not that I'm trying to get them to come in, but I'm laying that open that you don't have to be in pain because I um, don't want that to be sabotaging. And I've overcorrected too. And and I think sometimes sabotage people. So it, it's like leaving that open that you don't have to come back. You don't have to be dependent on me. My goal is to help you learn what you can do to keep yourself feeling good. Um, so it's a delicate balance and it, it it's something that we're constantly you know figuring it out as we go along i love that that's really nice you know quits. i love the idea of actually you're saying to someone you know you can come back just to enjoy it because sometimes people need that kind of permission it's like um it's a really good point yeah i mean and we could yeah. and, and it could break that kind of yeah. don't you know the the physios they have to be very goal oriented. And I've gotten referrals from PTs that the client really enjoyed seeing them and wanted to keep doing it. And they can't do that, but they'll refer them to me and they can do that with me if they can come if they want. You yeah, know? Very good. I just want to go back a little bit. There's a couple of questions here. We might have kind of answered them, but a couple of people have picked up on the point. Becky DeMott Horton um, said, that's really interesting that you don't contradict clients. Um, how do you approach giving them an accurate explanation if they have false beliefs? Um, and Sarah Jones kind of follows up that question saying, I was just thinking the same. She thinks she needs to back off a little bit, telling people not to necessarily worry about stretching doesn't have a great reaction. So, yeah, have you got any? I mean, obviously, it depends on the person in front of you, but any techniques on slowly eradicating beliefs, which you think are holding the client back, maybe? I think the really important thing is to listen to the client. Um and I look for inroads um, because some of those beliefs, it, it, they can be very important to them and they may have gotten them from their doctor, from
from the physical therapist, from another massage therapist. And I don't want to sabotage those relationships for one thing. Um, and I don't, I don't want to lose them. Uh, so I listen. It's more important that I understand than they do. Um, and I look for inroads, you know, that like something that will come up and, and asking them questions and just start finding little places where I can insert some information that I think will be more helpful. And sometimes like with trigger points, that's a big one. People will ask me about trigger points and I will take them through my own journey with that. Um, I think I've got a lot of credibility there because I did assist at teaching, you know, at seminars um, for 10 years and practiced it for 20. And I'm one of the few massage therapists who've actually read Travell's books. Um, so I've got a basis of knowledge and experience. And what I will do when they start asking me, it's like, you know, well, here's the thing that I was originally taught. And then I found out this thing. And, and, and so now, um, you know, it, the things we used to think about them don't seem to stand up. We don't really know what's going on. You know, people have this phenomenon where they have spots. What exactly is going on there? I don't know. I've, got kind of a working hypothesis if I need one, but I don't even need one. And um, so I'll do that because people get very attached and they'll come in and like, oh my God, I'm full of all these trigger points and I need for you to destroy them. And if I say, ah, you don't have any trigger points and I'm not destroying anything, they're like, what? Um, yeah, so people, uh, it, it's, believe it or not, I can be diplomatic with people. <laughs> I'm like, you're professional. You should be a, an adult. Yeah. <laughs> smack them down. <laughs> I've been smacked down too. Um, but with clients, I really try to look for places. The, the rare exceptions are when I think someone's going to do themselves harm. And there has been two occasions where some someone came in and they were exhibiting symptoms and they were engaging in um, behavior. In one case, it was a really extreme dietary thing that I felt a need to step in and say, listen, I'm really concerned. You've told me this, this, and this. I really want you to see a registered dietitian and the dietitian confirmed what I suspected. Um, mm. But if they're not hurting themselves, especially if I sense I'm going to get to see them over time. It's just little bit by little bit, build some trust and really listen to what kind of information do I think, um, or, or how do I think the delivery is going to be effective with this particular person? You know, very good. Um, and sometimes it is out in the open because that's the kind of person they are. But I, I, I exercise caution because I don't want to lose them. Very good to hear. And as always, it boils down to listen to the yeah, client and they'll they'll tell you how to tell them how to educate them. They'll give you the gaps and the yeah, exactly. Very good. Matt Scarsbrook's come back. Matt Scarsbrook has come back with an interesting point. Um, he says, if we don't help correct the misconceptions, who is going to? 
is it any wonder then that the myths persist in therapists? Because it's true, a lot of therapists start off as clients um, who haven't been corrected by their own therapist, particularly with runners. An awful lot of runners will become therapists and, and perpetuate what they were given, like cross-frictioning the hell out of Achilles or something, or I don't know, doing... Um, so yeah, who's going to correct it if we don't? Um, well, here's the thing is that, and, and when I say don't contradict clients, it, it, for me, it's a process of education, uh, over time. And the time that I have might just be this hour. Um, I get people come in who want me to hurt them, you know? And so I will just briefly tell them about, you know, the nervous system and, and it being in control of things and it's, it's sensitized and I don't want to add to that. And, um, people get very attached to the intensity of sensation. So I kind of try to compromise and where I might work with them more heavy handed than I think is ideal. But I'm kind of meeting them halfway at a point where I don't think I'm going to do any damage. And I liken it to if somebody is listening to music that's really loud, if you come in and turn the volume way down, it's going to feel to them like they can't hear anything. Whereas if you just keep nudging it down. So it really depends on the person. How, how important is this thing? How much time do we have? Um, how it boils down to how effective do I think I'm going to be in that moment? Um, yeah. And maybe I'm not going to get to be the one that, corrects that misconception this time. And I hope I get a chance to, but it's, it's trying to find skillful means. It's very good. Um, I, I like know, that I, music I one, that's it, very good. That's very good. Yeah, trying to use skillful means. And, I mean, um, Matt Scarsbrook, really, you chucked a bit of a straw man in there because we're not saying don't correct the misconceptions. We're just saying, take your time exactly. and find the, find the plant the seed and then they see it somewhere else and then hopefully they listen to a podcast and eventually it it's um yeah or matt you start off your own podcast maybe massage matters he's starting his own podcast massage matters yeah yeah him and a couple of others really what good professionals huh? experience with a, an older woman who was heavy into energy stuff and one day she told me about this weird experience she had and she thought that her body was extended or something and she said, what do you think about that? And so here I am really on the spot, you know? And I said to her, well, you know that I come from things from a very science-minded point of view. And I said, you know, the way I would interpret that experience is, and then I did that. So I'm not contradicting her, but she asked me point blank, what do you think? And I'm like, I would interpret that experience differently. And, uh, um, I think it's ongoing, just learning to listen to the person and trying to find a skillful way of communicating in that moment, knowing that we're going to be imperfect. And sometimes later on, you go, man, like I had a, a pregnant lady come in one time who didn't want me to massage her ankles because of this thing. And I didn't say anything to her about it. Um, I really wrestled with that. Because I was afraid that, first of all, she says, don't touch this part of my body. I'm going to respect that no matter what her reason is. And here was the thing. She seemed very attached to that idea. And I don't want to scare her. Um, 
I really wrestled with that one and how I, I, to this day, I still have not figured out what I think would have been the best way. I don't think I handled it as well as I would have liked to, but I haven't figured out a script, you know, like, um, because my concern is if she walks around believing that something could happen, I, you know, I get these massage therapists who say, okay, so it doesn't, you know, cause miscarriage or whatever, but I'm going to avoid it anyway, just in case. And I tell them a lot of times pregnant women, they get really achy and they want you to massage their feet and their ankles and their lower legs. And if you say, no, I'm not going to, what if that woman just happens to be unfortunate enough to have a miscarriage and later thinks she remembers one time when she had an itch and she rubbed it or she was achy. She could, she could end up thinking that she caused the death of her own child. Yeah. And so it is important. Um, yeah. It's something I think about a lot. Very good points. Um, well, look, right, we're getting to nine o'clock already. Uh, there's plenty of chats going on in the comment sections. Um, so a few people are saying, if you ever want to know what it's like for a client when you dismiss one of their beliefs, remember what it felt like when someone told you you weren't breaking down scar tissue or you weren't. You know, it's the same thing, isn't it? Just be human and remember. Um, some very exactly, good point. Exactly. Yeah. And um, that's why I say I don't want to lose them. Like the people who want me to hurt them. I want to retain them if I can, because otherwise they're going to go out and find somebody who is going to hurt them. And if I have a chance to work with them, it, you know, it's like meet them part of the way and then maybe show them a different way. Um, you know, then I think that's a win for both of us. We've got a good afternoon from Tobago. That's nice, isn't it? Hi, Kerry. Oh, where? Oh, wow. Tobago. Awesome. Bit, we're just finishing um, i'm afraid kerry but thanks for joining us <clears throat> but you will be able to catch this all on the uh on youtube or as a podcast but thanks for saying hi um yeah i don't know what time it is in tobago but we started an hour ago so we're just about to finish now i'm sorry about that but um i hope you've enjoyed what you've heard maybe you have been here the whole time you've only just said hi now today um so <laughs> there we go right alice um it's it's been beautiful it's been really really nice um your passion and it. your empathy um just is so inspirational and it just shows to, to be great at what we do they're probably the two biggest ingredients and it's something which a lot of cpd doesn't really teach so people have always said it on this show if you want to get better at your job they're the sort of traits which you need to learn about communication education learning coaching recognizing yeah. different and all of that stuff not yeah what else can i do with my hands a level four or a level five massage certificate shouldn't be show me better techniques what can i do what can i do no 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 no. i've always said that if as you move up the levels of massage therapy it should be less hands and actually saying you know what you can use other tools greg layman always used to say on my course when i when i hosted um the reconciling pain and that in brighton he said one of the greatest tools a massage therapist has got is his mouth or her mouth which went down a little bit kind of what he's saying greg pull yeah. the plug but it's true if you've got someone who's got that confidence yeah. to actually let you yeah exactly see what i mean there thanks greg another classic um but um yeah if, if someone's giving you the the permission and confidence to lay hands then they're really receptive there's an awful lot of education you can do with this yeah. 
um, as opposed to thinking you're doing magical things with these. So it's a great point, as always, by Greg, a great point. I think then he showed a picture of his daughter who just had a I shit catastrophe. So. What we do has so much potential and is so powerful and it's so simple. And that's one of the things I've come to back to is the basics. It's like we've wanted to get really complicated and I'm really committed to understanding everything I can about physiology and all this kind of stuff and communication skills. But coming back to the basics, you know, it, it's just keep it simple um, and pay attention to the person. But, you know, Beautiful. because there's different ways of communication. It's not just the words. And I'm very verbal, but still we have to adapt to the client and for some of them that may not be the best way to reach them at least initially sometimes it's listening putting our hands on them getting their attention that way and then proceeding from there excellent but it's powerful touch is powerful and i'm dealing with this pandemic it's been rough for me i've not seen any clients since mid-march and um I I don't want to at this point want to do what it would take for me to see clients. It's it's hard, but it yeah. But what we do is powerful mm -hmm. and it's simple. Works both ways, isn't it? You're looking after your client, but yeah. sometimes the client's also looking after you by giving you that contact and stuff. So it's... Becky yeah. Morton has kind of summed up, I think, what everyone's thinking. Thank you so much, Alice. She says, You inspire me to be better every time I hear you speak. Look at that. Thank you. Sarah Jones has also said, and uh, this is for people listening on the podcast because obviously you can't see the comments coming up on YouTube. But Sarah Jones has said, This has been so refreshing to hear. Thank you for a great hour of chat and thought provoking content. Um, Danielle Chandler has come up with, I haven't read this yet, I'm a bit worried. Kiss is my favorite mantra. Keep it simple, stupid. That's fine. That's good. I like yeah. it. I've read that somewhere before. That's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good um and then tristan is just putting up the hashtag saves me having to type it hashtag shit massage therapist say boom and there's a fist bump there <laughs> i hear about shit runners say but that's another day <laughs> well there's an awful lot of that as well listen this is delightful and thank you to everybody who's who's been here with us um and maybe next year we'll all get to be even if i'm not presenting i'll just have to come and be there you know it just um Oh, my plan yeah. for next year in guys. my mind, no. my plan next year already is the speakers who are speaking this October, just if we can over to England, let's do it again. But that's what was supposed to happen this year. So hopefully it will be a case of 2021. But you are coming to speak online with us um, at the end of October. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I'm very much looking forward to that. So I'm pleased that you're still sticking around and, and able to join us online um so thank you very much for that really looking forward to ah, it and the exciting thing as well is when we so, do do the well, question time so that's no, fine when we do the, the question when we do the question time in the afternoons we're still going to have 10 speakers on zoom and then the people watching will be able to fire questions so i'll just be sitting back thinking now mm -hmm. i've got a massage therapist up there sharing the stage with the other speakers so my job is done. I can tick that box off. And then someone will say, why haven't you got a Reiki healer or something? Or why haven't you got a channel? Or I know it's gone forever. But at least I've got a massage therapist in there. So Alice, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate giving up your time. What I'm going to do now is... Thank you to you. Thank you.
everybody. I'm just going to send you back down to the lobby just while I say goodbye to people. Okay. But if you have to go, then go. Okay. But otherwise, stick around, and then I'll come and say bye to you myself. Yes, so right. I, I have no appointments Great. Speak to you very soon. Thank you, Alice and Vito. Oh, wasn't that fantastic? That was lovely. That was better than I even imagined. And I was already having high aspirations. I knew it was going to be good. Um, thanks for some great questions, people. Such an inspirational person. Um, really, really pleased that she's joining us for Run Chat Live conference. I wish, oh, damn it. I wish I had brought her to Brighton. That was the initial plan because, as you've seen, those of you watching YouTube, if you're listening on the podcast, then do yourself a favor and check out what Alice is like visually because it's not just the tiara, it's not just the poop scoop, it's not the purple dress, it's the whole package, it's the face, the hands, the communication, it's everything together that creates that inspiration that Becky was talking about. So do do yourself a favor if you're if you're a podcast listener, then yeah, pop over to YouTube and um, when this is up and yeah, and watch the show. Um, and yeah, you'll get to know Alice better than just listening, although listening will be fine, but you'll get to know even more. Right, people, uh, that's about it for now, I think. Um, just to let you know, I'm finalizing next week. I don't think there is a guest, I don't think so. I haven't checked, I meant to do that because I've got to really finalize now. It's only a month away for the conference, I've got to kind of finalize where it's going out to. I'm pretty sure where it's going to go to, and we're revealing that in a, in a week. I'm very excited about the website it's going to appear on. I've got to sort out this simultaneous translation in Spanish so that uh, my South American friends um, can actually watch all of these fantastic speakers with simultaneous translation, which I'm very excited about as well. Um, and uh, yeah, and a few other things that I've got to work out. So I've got a few meetings for that, but within a week's time, um, links will start getting um, sent out. You'll know where it's going to appear. There'll be some more details about things I'm doing during the day to make it as live as possible. I'm guaranteeing there's none of this pre-recorded stuff with a speaker sitting there watching and answering questions. No, 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 no. My speakers will be making mistakes. They'll be getting out poop scoops when they're not needed to. It will be live 100% because it's one chat live. It's not one chat. Let's stick another presentation on which we recorded earlier and pump it out. No, 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 no. Not here. Thank you. Not on my shift. So uh, tickets are still there for sale. Um, if you need a discount of some form, then email me. I'll find a way to get you 20% off. You're, you're bound to be connected to somebody uh, and I'll chuck you a discount, okay? I want you to come. So if you've got any problem um, paying the amount, then, then then just email matt at runchatlive.com and we'll find a way to make it easy for you um, so that everyone can come along. Um, right, thanks people. Thanks for joining us. So I don't think we're back next week. If I made a mistake, I'll stick it out on social media. So once again, thanks for joining us and thank you for Alice and Vita for being such a fantastic guest and we will speak to you very soon. Take care and look after each other. You're listening to Run Chat Live podcast, putting the evidence back into running injury and performance.